97 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Glad to be here with you on WABC each and every day that I'm here is a blessing. You can reach us if you want to be part of today's program, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. And we have so much for you this afternoon. We're going to be talking about Zuckerberg's money in a little while. We have Scott Walters here, who is the head of Capital Research and they look at the money. They follow, you know, you hear all the time, follow the money, follow the money. This is an organization in Washington, D.C., that D.C.-based, that follows the money. And not only have they been following Zuckerberg's money, they have been following the money that Soros has put into our electoral system. They've been following Black Lives Matter money. This is an amazing group. And we will have the president of that group on to talk about some of the Zuckerberg money. Scott Walter, the president of Capital Research Center, will join us shortly, and we're looking forward to that. I want to start off today by talking about Tucker Carlson. Tucker is under attack. Now he's under attack because he had the audacity, according to the left, to make a statement questioning Joe Biden's Supreme Court nominee, Kajani Brown-Jackson. After Biden, Joe Biden described Ms. Jackson as one of our top legal minds, and he said that during his State of the Union show, Tucker Carlson did question her credentials. He said Biden went on to mention someone called Ketanji Brown-Jackson. That's not a name most Americans know because Ketanji Brown-Jackson has been an appellate judge for less than a year. But Joe Biden assured us she is, quote, one of our top legal minds, end quote. And then Tucker played a clip from the State of the Union, where Biden talks about the Supreme Court being one of his most serious constitutional responsibilities. So is Ketanji Brown-Jackson, a name that Joe Biden had trouble pronouncing, one of the top legal minds in the entire country, Carlson asked. Tucker Carlson went on to ask. We certainly hope so. Biden's right. Appointing her is one of his gravest constitutional duties. So, it might be time for Joe Biden to let us know what Katanji Brown-Jackson's LSAT score was. How did she do on the LSATs? Why, won't you t- why wouldn't you tell us that? That would settle the question conclusively as whether she's one-in-a-generation legal talent, the next learned hand. It would seem like Americans in a democracy have the right to know, and much more before giving her a lifetime appointment. But we didn't hear that. Now... Those words, asking to see her LSAT, have had the left in a total outrage frenzy. They are piling on Tucker Carlson, calling him a racist, which is what they always do. Jamie Carlson, the DNC chair, Judge 
Brown Jackson graduated magna cum laude in Harvard. Cum laude from Harvard Law was the editor of Harvard Law Review. She's the real deal. I've never heard tie too tight. That's what they're calling Tucker Carlson. Ask about LSAT scores for other nominees, but typical of those who feel a bit inadequate. There is a guy by the name of Richard Signorelli, former U.S. attorney for the Southern District. Now, this ought to say a lot about who we have on the Southern District. He says, this is patently racist. And and then others, Ellie Mystel from The Nation, get this, it's bad form at Harvard Law School to even mention your LSAT score. That is just so elitist. And then in another tweet, the kind of racism Tucker is throwing at KBJ happens to black people all the time. All right, so let me address this. I met Tucker Carlson. I've been following Tucker Carlson for not just for years, but for decades. Tucker Carlson is a uniquely qualified broadcaster. He is opinionated, but Tucker Carlson does something that many other broadcasters do not do, which is back up many of his positions with factual information. Tucker Carlson spins, and anybody who watches him, especially broadcasters and fellow broadcasters, would know just from watching his show that Tucker Carlson spends an inordinate, and believe me, I know this, an inordinate amount of time researching what he's going to do on the air because it shows every time Tucker Carlson has a show. Extremely well-prepared. Asking for someone's LSAT score is not patently racist. It is asking for an LSAT score. Now, if the Republican Party were like Democrats and had a serious opposition research effort underway every time there's a Supreme Court nominee, Tucker wouldn't have to ask for it because it would already be out here. But sadly, the Republican Party never, ever, ever, puts up the kind of fight against Democrat nominees as Democrats do ours. What Tucker Carlson didn't call for, he didn't call for somebody to smear this woman. He didn't call for somebody to dig up some non-factual sexual history and present it as fact. He didn't go back in her past and look at what she did in childhood or teenage years and demand to know why she was drinking at a party or why she talked to somebody about sex or whether she not the stuff that the Democrats have been pulling for years. For the Democrats to sit and try to get angry with Tucker Carlson is the height of bull stuff because these people are the worst. They smear. They use everything in their arsenal, and then some that is dishonest. You look at the way the Democrats the other day passed this anti-lynching bill. I want to know, does it include the high-tech lynchings that they use every time a Republican is up for a Supreme Court seat? We saw it with George Bork, with, with Justice Bork. We saw it with Justice Thomas. We've seen it with Kavanaugh. We've seen it with Gorsuch. We've seen it with Alito. These people will stop at nothing to smear anybody that is nominated from a, from a Republican. We saw what they did to Miguel Estrada. And the Republican Party sits on their hands and sits on their asses and never fights back for these good people. 
and they leave it up to Tucker Carlson to try at least to come up with some sort of opposition because they are too chicken because they won't do what they're supposed to do, which is to fight on behalf of the American people. Now, look, this woman's a radical. She's going to get on the court. And right now, no one cares too much because it's not going to change the balance. But here's something else they don't do. These Republicans will not stand up and circle around and circle the wagons around Tucker Carlson. They never did it for Rush either. They leave our guys, the biggest defenders of our side, whether it's Sean Hannity, whether it's Tucker Carlson, whether it's Mark Levin, whether it was Rush Limbaugh, they never circle around the heroes on our side that actually fight for them. They don't circle around our conservative publications like BizPack Review or American Wire News when you have these ad groups, these phony ad groups that are trying to put them out of business. They won't circle around the Federalist when it's under attack. They won't circle around the Daily Caller when it's under attack. Instead, they run off and try to get their names in the New York Times and in the Washington Post, papers that hate them, and do everything that they can to destroy them. You Republicans had better start learning how to fight. And thank goodness we have Tucker Carlson out here. Tucker Carlson is not only a decent human being, I don't think this man has a racist bone in his body. He's a decent, decent, family-oriented, hard-working American who is unafraid to tell the truth. That is who Tucker Carlson is. And Tucker Carlson does not deserve the attacks that come his way. And if the people in this party had any guts They would go after these people making these horrible assertions about being a racist and shut them up. This is all they have. Meanwhile, they they treat our Supreme Court nominees like dirt, and they rub them in the dirt when it's time for the nominees. We don't do that to their nominees. Tucker Carlson is a fine man. We should be proud to have him on our side. And thank you, Tucker, for standing up when so many in your party will not stand up. James Golden, Talk Radio 77. Boast nerdly with you here. We'll be back right after this. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. Oh, my goodness. Ah, you and me together, really? Where it began. Oh, my goodness, Neil Diamond. WABC Talk Radio 77. You know, Neil just sold his catalog of songs, uh, and a lot of artists are doing that. What a great voice. What a great voice reminiscing the good old days of Music Radio 77 WABC, which you can still hear on the weekends with Cousin Brucie and so many more. Uh, okay, let us get to our guest. We have a remarkable guest with us. I've been quite excited for some time that we have Scott Walter here. Scott, you and your organization have been doing what Rush suggested that we do so many decades ago, and that is follow 
the money. Now, uh, on a few weeks ago, or last week, I believe, um, there was an article in The Federalist that was quite surprising, and it was written by Margaret Cleveland, and what she found was there was a report that was issued in, in Wisconsin, and these are not some tinfoil hat kooks. The, this report was written by the, a retired state Supreme Court justice, Michael Gableman, who was tasked with looking at what happened in the last election. One of the things that they found was that Mark Zuckerberg's election money violated the state's bribery laws. He put this money into five different Democrat strongholds. They did get out the vote operations. They basically ran a partisan electioneering shop. Now, today, Margaret has another one that is worthwhile looking at in the Federalist about the widespread election fraud that was found in Wisconsin's nursing homes. I won't go into detail with that. But you have a report out on your website about the states that are now banning or re- re- uh, restricting the Zuckbucks, Zucker- Zuckerman's money. Can you explain exactly what Mark Zuckerberg has done to the American electoral process? I'd be happy to, James. Honored to be on here with you. The um, Zuckerberg and his wife took about $400 million, and they took it from their uh, a donor-advised fund that they had at something called the Silicon Valley Community Foundation, and they sent that to two uh, nonprofits – Technically, two what they call 501c3 nonprofits, so not allowed to have any election interference, not allowed to be partisan, not allowed to favor candidates. And those two groups um, then sent the money to government election offices uh, to help people carry out the election. Right. So the, the lefties are always helping people. You, you may notice what great job they do of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so in the case of Wisconsin, it's a great example. Um, they sent over 10 million dollars into the state. Just one of those uh, nonprofits, the, the Center for Tech and Civic Life. And they say, well, we just want to help people. In fact, they would like you to think, James, that they were just buying, you know, masks and plexiglass or something, right? And that was it. But in fact, what the the big emphasis was the absentee ballots, um, uh, ads in foreign languages or on how to vote and the rest. But here's the simplest number uh, to understand about that over $10 million they sent in Wisconsin. They didn't send it everywhere in Wisconsin, just selected places. And in the places that Biden won, the per capita money that they got was $3.75. So in the Biden areas where the money was given, they got $3.75 for every man, woman, and child living in those cities and uh, whatnot. For Trump, it wasn't exactly three seventy-five in the Trump winning jurisdictions. It was $0.55 cents per capita in the Trump mm-hmm. winning so not terribly hard to tell what they were trying to do, is it? No, it is not. Now, states have gotten wise to this. And by the way, one of the things that the money was used for was setting up these drop boxes, which in Wisconsin are illegal. 
but they but and and that's part of in this report these drop boxes that were set up with the Zuckerberg money violate Wisconsin law and and by the way let me just give you this disclaimer here folks before anybody gets you know before the suits get mad or anybody we're not saying that this would have changed the outcome of the election no one's saying that here and we're also not relitigating uh uh claims about victory and non-victory. What we're talking about here is the electoral process. And what Mark Zuckerberg has been found to do is dump these millions of dollars illegally, at least in Wisconsin, and you followed the money in other states. And I imagine some of the other states, Scott, have similar rules about how money can get spent. Well, the you made a great point there, James, that there are a lot of states that are uh, – have there about a, a, roughly a dozen that have restricted it in some way. Some of them banned it entirely. Others have complicated restrictions. There are some others, uh, like Pennsylvania, where the legislature passed a law to ban them, and then the governors have, uh, in Wisconsin and, uh, and Pennsylvania, both, uh, as I recall, the governors banned, or sorry, vetoed the, the bans after the, the legislature passed them. Um, so those and, elections and right, are still going way, to feature... Yeah, go ahead. So I'm sorry, I was just going to say, the, the other thing is, let me second your point about, you know, this is not a Donald Trump issue. This is an honest election issue thing, because here's the thing. There's nothing, you know, th- this was done through these C3 nonprofits, right? Well, anybody can give to that. A, a Russian oligarch can give to that. A Saudi oil shake can give to that. There's no restrictions on those, you know, there, the way there is on you know, as it were, honest election money where you give it to a party or a candidate, which where foreigners are forbidden. This is the so-called dark money. Yeah, this is so-called dark money. And this is what the Democrats have been complaining about all the time. Yet what they don't tell you while they're complaining about dark money is that they use and earn and spend more dark money than anyone else. That is absolutely true, James. Uh, and there's multiple different ways people define dark money, um, different types of organiz- of these subdivisions of these organizations. But there's in every single one of them, there's more money on the left than the right, by far. And so you have been doing yeoman's work to try to bring this to the American people's attention because it is not being reported in any of the mainstream press outlets. And uh, you also are looking at the money that George Soros and his organizations have pumped into the money. 37 million Americans now live under Soros-funded district attorneys. And we are seeing what happens in those cities. Those cities are being overrun with criminals that are back on the street because these Soros district attorneys don't believe. Look, the other day, one of them in San Francisco just said being tough on crime doesn't work. He just out and out says it, and he doesn't care what the people of San Francisco think. He doesn't care what the other elected officials think. And you look at Alvin Bragg in New York. This is another one that believes in letting the criminals back on the streets. And all of this money is coming in from George Soros. Your organization is also taking a look at how the money over at BLM has been, uh, how shall we say, spent. Yeah, no, it's it's <laughs> the, the number of rackets in the nonprofit world for left wingers is breathtaking. Uh, and you're quite right. We've got very extent. You know, CapitalResearch.org is the site. 
and you just put in Soros and district attorneys and you'll have piece after piece. We've tracked tens of millions of dollars that he's put into that. And people have to understand those district attorney races, they're usually a pittance. You know, typical race is a few hundred thousand and he drops a million and boom, um, he gets his, uh, his nutty candidate in there. I hate to tell you, James, Zuckerberg did one of those uh, races in the past year or two. Uh, we were the first ones to figure that out, but I'm, I hate to see more billionaires jumping on the, ba- the Soros bandwagon. Wow. What do you think? Do you think that um, with these states that refuse because of Democrat governors or whatever to, to enact changes to present this Zuckerberg money, do you think now that the light is beginning to shine on how Zuckerberg is using his fortune to influence elections in favor of Democrats, do you think that there will be sort of a, oh, we better not do this anymore? Or do you think they're going to continue to do this? Well, I think that as more and more people understand it, thanks to folks like you spreading the word, I think there'll be more revulsion. I'll tell you, a legislator in Texas uh, told me he that uh, he was one of the people supporting their ban, which passed, and he said you know, the Democrats wouldn't vote for my bill on this, but they didn't really fight it because I told them, look, this is Texas. We got more billionaires here than you do. Do you want our billionaires doing this to you? Because mm. that's the bottom line. How can people get a hold of you? How can they help your efforts to keep shining the light on how the Democrat Party is funding their elections and in some cases funding them illegally? Uh, that capitalresearch.org is the main website, and also uh, influencewatch.org is our online encyclopedia of the left. Influence.org and capitalresearch.org. Influence Watch. Influence Watch. Got it. Yeah, you guys have been doing this. I read some of the work over at Influence Watch as well. You're doing amazing work, and this country owes you a debt of gratitude for doing what you're doing uh, Scott, Scott Walters, thank you. Please join us again in the near future, okay? We we really very definitely appreciate the work that you're doing. Thanks so much, James. WABC Talk Radio 77, this is James Golden. We are going to take your calls. We have people that want to talk about all of the things that we have raised thus far. So don't go away. 848-WABC is the number to call. Remember, John Katz comes up after this show, Katz at Night. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Marvin, the groundbreaking album I Want You, Marvin Gaye, brings us back. You know, there is a rarities album of this that has some of the studio cuts where you can just hear kind of the lead and the backing vocals with the music fading down. It's really an interesting album to listen to for you hardcore Marvin Gaye fans. Let me talk to you about some podcasts. We uh, recorded two podcasts today. One is our groundbreaking podcast, On the Border, with Todd Benzman. Now, Todd is a reporter that works with the Center for Immigration Studies, And I guarantee you, if Todd worked for a mainstream publication like the Washington Post or the New York Times, he would be up for a Pulitzer Prize 
for the groundbreaking work that he does exposing what is really going on on the immigration front and at our at the borders, not only here, but the borders in Mexico, Mexico's southern border as well, into Central America. So we have a new installment of On the Border coming out. You can find it under all the podcasts, Red Apple Media Podcast. We're doing some groundbreaking stuff here. Now, the other one, I am so proud to tell you, we have James Eisenberg, who is the Chief Investment Officer and Managing Partner of the Interblock Capital Partners. He's a tech entrepreneur. He is a 25-year veteran of Silicon Valley. And the name of that podcast is The Future is Now. We're talking about cryptocurrencies. We're talking about blockchain and what blockchain companies, blockchain really is. Folks, the world is changing right before your eyes and your ears. We are at another moment like when the Internet first became popular. A lot of people didn't understand it. They didn't know what it was going to be used for. And today the Internet is commonplace. The world is going through another major revolution. It is going through a revolution that is not only going to deal with economics, but how business is conducted, not just here, but globally. And we have the right guy to help explain this to all of us. I am a student, too. I am learning this. And I'm the one asking questions that you might want to ask. Here's an example of some which, of what you're going to hear on our newest podcast, The Future is Now. Most Russians, like most people around the world, aren't invested into Bitcoin yet. Do I have that right? So Russia invades Ukraine. The world responds with financial sanctions against Russia. This means that they're really frozen out of the international finance community. At the same time, their banks are under pressure because their citizens are trying to take the money out. And over in the Ukraine, they have a similar problem. Their currency is also falling, not as hard as the ruble, which has been absolutely destroyed. But they're having issues as well in terms of their financial, their banks are closed as well, and they have a problem getting capital out. So how do you function in this society? Well, this is kind of the reason why Bitcoin was created. It was basically to function outside the realm of government and banking system. And you can hear so much more and you'll hear explanations how to get into the markets, what they are, whether they're safe and how they came into being and so much more. And we're going to start inviting once we figure out the mechanism, your questions so that we can include them in in trying to understand the new world of cryptocurrency and blockchain. We're doing that on our podcast. You can find them on the WABC's All the Podcasts. The future is now on the border. We have another brilliant podcast, if you don't mind me saying so, with Dr. Michael Gillum, who is an astrophysicist. He is an amazing scientist, and that's called Science is Golden. And we're doing some music podcasts coming up, too. So, All the podcasts, WABC, you won't find just my podcast. You'll find everybody here that's doing podcasts. And let me tell you, there's plenty of stuff going on besides what you hear on our air. Let us go to the telephones, and let us start with Tommy in Brooklyn, New York. Welcome, WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. Hey, Mr. Golden. Um, It's a shame that the Republicans don't rally around the the, the host that you, you spoke about. All good hosts, but you left out one, one host, the most important one, 
and the most intelligent host. Who? That host, uh, th- this host really gets a clear and concise narrative. That's you, Bo. You're the one. You, you oh, talk man. Like you are humble. Thank you. you. Know, I appreciate I it. You, you are the best. Thank you. That's very nice, Tommy. I appreciate that very much. You, you know, I actually got a little chills when you said that because I was just thinking about Rush. I watched so many years the attacks. I'm sorry. It just really, you just triggered me. I watched the left attack Rush for so many years with these, these, these shameful smears. They even went so far as to write down the most horrid quotes that you could think of. He never said, and then they throw that, that stuff on the Internet and try to attribute it to him. And then you would think that, that so many people would stand up and fight these people when they go after the sponsors, when they go after Tucker's sponsors, when they go after Laura Ingram's sponsors, when they go after Sean's sponsors, when they try to go after Rudy Giuliani here like they're doing, when they try to go after anyone that's standing up and telling the truth, our side, the elected Republicans, sit on their asses and they don't do a thing. They don't try to regulate these big tech giants that censor the right. They try to censor our print publications, and the Republicans sit on their asses and do nothing. They don't rally behind our people, the ones that are standing up for them, the ones that they, that they wouldn't even be elected if it weren't for these people. And I watched all these years what they did to Rush, and now they're trying to do the same thing to Tucker. And I'm going to tell you something. We have got to stop this in its track. Tucker Carlson should not be smeared and call these horrible names. He is a decent human being. He's a decent man. And not only that, he's standing up for the truth. And so are so many others that they smear, that they call racist. And thank you for, for that call. Let me explain something else, folks. And I meant to talk about this in that opening segment. Black people, we black Americans have a role to play in this, too. We have to stop allowing this racism charge to devalue what true racism is. Let me give you a perfect example. Maybe you do something, you're in a store or something, your kids are running around and they're bumping into people, and then all of a sudden some person says to you, hey, why don't you put your kids under control? So the immediate reaction of far too many black people is to say, look at that racist, that racist no, they're not a racist. You're just an act. You're just a, a, an a-hole. They're not racist. You're an a-hole. And they would say the same thing if it was somebody else. Stop looking through the prism of race. Maybe people that don't like you don't like you because you're a jerk. And it has nothing to do with your skin color. Equality, by the way, doesn't mean that if you want true equality, you know what that means? That means that you can come under attack for your views, too. That means that this new Supreme Court justice, she's open for attacks on her views. Where in the world do we think that because you have brown skin or black skin, that someone shouldn't, you're up for one of the highest positions in the land. You think you're just supposed to sail through because you're black? No one's supposed to question you? Nobody's supposed to ask for your school records? Look at what they did with Donald Trump. They're asking not only for every single record from his business, they're trying to go after his family, too. I don't hear any of you liberals complaining about that. You stand around and you applaud it. But when it's one of your own, when it's a liberal, well, no, how dare Tucker ask for his school records? Well, y'all need to kiss our butts. We're asking for our school records.
and anything else. Now, these timid-ass Republicans in Washington won't do it because they're feckless. But Tucker has every single right to ask for her credentials. And him asking for credentials does not make him a racist. It makes him a good journalist. If he were on the Democrat side, y'all would be electing Tucker as the next Walter Cronkite or the next Edward R. Murrow. You'd be trying to teach your students that, hey, this is the real way to go in journalists. Be hard-hitting. Be be objective. Be truthful. But it's Tucker Carlson, so the only thing you can do is sit up and call him names like racist. But guess what? Tucker's going to keep on doing what he does because the man is fearless. And, Tucker, I applaud you. And don't let these people get to you, and we the people, maybe our feckless Republicans won't do it, but we the people can rally around Tucker. And I ask every one of you that watches Tucker, show Tucker some love. Let him know that you support him and what he's doing. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdy. We're coming back right after this. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on 77 WABC. WABC Talk Radio 77. We are the crown jewel of American radio. Let me guarantee something, folks. I guarantee you that at these hearings for Katanji Jackson, some things that you won't see. You won't see the Republicans pull out a surprise witness to claim that Katanji Jackson put one of her pubic hairs on a Coke can and that she was sexually harassing men. You're not going to see that. I guarantee you something else you won't see at these hearings for Katanji Brown Jackson. You won't see Republicans go and dig out Katanji Jackson's high school yearbook and see whether she made any quotes about beer and how much she liked beer. You won't see that. I guarantee you that you're not going to see the Republicans pull out some guy that sounds like a baby talking. I you know, uh, Katanji... Uh, she uh, frightened me uh, when she reached out uh, and she grabbed my um, my buttocks. You're not going to see any of that stuff because Republicans don't do that. This is what Democrats do every single nomination where there's a Republican. And yet you have Democrats whining about old Tucker Carlson being a racist because Tucker Carlson said, oh, let's see your LSAT scores. Hey, by the way, if your LAT scores are so damn good, what are you worried about hiding it? I can't see who the calls are that are next. Hello. Thank you. So let us go back to the phones and let us go to Ralph in New Rochelle. Ralph, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. How are you today, Mr. Golden? I think I must be sounding like a lunatic. (laughs) Go ahead. No, you're not, but... I listened earlier to the broadcast, and I'm listening now, and you're saying the Republicans are feckless for not standing up for the standard bearers of Republicans like Rush Limbaugh, Tucker Carlson, and all the people. But can you explain to me why they don't stand up for them? I have no idea. All I know is that it's sickening. I know that the the likes of Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, Mark Levin, Tucker Carlson— Laura Ingram, all these people stand up and they stand up and they take abuse 
Abuse after abuse after abuse. Why, these people even went after Tucker's family. He had his son out fishing, and these people go to him and try to try to harass his son. They dare do this. They try to go to his house and bother his wife and his kids. These people are mean, nasty, evil, vicious. And all this happens, and the Republicans just sit around and watch it happen. And then they want to get their guest on their show so that they can plug for their re-election. Or they always, what they used to do to Rush, hey, Rush, you know, I got a book out. I got a book out. You mind plugging my book? That's what they think we are, the people in broadcasting. All we're there for is to make them money or help them get elected. But they never, ever, ever circle the The only one that did is Donald J. Trump. And that was why one of the proudest moments in all of our lives that a Rush fans was watching Donald J. Trump take it to the Democrat Party at his State of the Union when he awarded Rush Limbaugh the Medal of Freedom Award. He's the only one, and he's the only one that stood up and fought against these mean and evil Democrats the way that he did. And what did the, what did the Republicans do? Well, you shouldn't be so mean in his tweets. He shouldn't be so mean in his tweets. They're going after the man's family. They're trying to rip apart his businesses. They're trying to do everything they can to destroy the man, and you have Republicans. Well, you know, he shouldn't be tweeting like that. And then you have the likes of Bill Kristol. You have the former head of of the Republican Party, Michael Steele, and these other so-called Republicans that were asking you for money. Every election time, they come asking you for money. And what do they do? They turn their backs on you, and they turn their backs on Trump, and they just think that that's okay. It is not okay. And it is not okay that Tucker Carlson is always under attack from these vicious, evil people, and we need to show Tucker Carlson some love. That's what I think. Joe, Island Park, New York. Good afternoon. Um, I just have I have two questions I want to ask. The first one is, if Mark Zuckerberg was found guilty of violating Wisconsin election laws, why aren't they pursuing it? Number one, where's the complaint, the criminal or the civil complaint and the indictment and the court case? And number two, um, have you noticed that the worse things get for Democrats, the more they want to obsess about Donald Trump and the January 6th protest at the Capitol? Yep, yep, I do notice that, and you're absolutely right. As to your first question, this was a report that was commissioned by the uh, by the, the legislature. So I'm sure that in the upcoming months, now that this report has been issued, they will be asking the legal system out there to take a look at this. And perhaps we don't know, but perhaps there will be some charges that are leveled against the Zuckerbergs for violating the state election laws. Mike, Middletown, New Jersey. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly with you. What's on your mind this afternoon? Hi, James. We've got to come to the fence of Chatsworth Osborne, as Rush used to call him. Ah. He's, he's the gem on the, uh, on the TV. And two things. One is maybe he's asking for our LSAT score because there's a paucity of her decisions on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. She hadn't written many so far. And two is... It was President Biden who determined that race was the primary reason for choosing her, not her legal qualification, her race and her gender. You are so true. I think, by the way, she did have one decision on the appellate court, one, wow, we. So, uh, yeah. And by the way, like I said earlier, if the Republican oppo research was doing their job, we'd know everything she did in school already. 
and they wouldn't leave it up to Tucker to try to explain it all. Thank you for the call, Mike. Elliot, Brooklyn, New York. You're up next, WABC Talk Radio 77. Remember, John Katz comes up next. Catch at night. Elliot, what's on your mind this afternoon? Very good to talk to you again, James. First of all, I couldn't care less about her LSAT score. All that is is her admission ticket into a law school. I'm more concerned about what her grades were, what her grade point average was, and how she graduated. As for your point of her being a lifetime appointment, she has one. She's a federal appellate court judge. That's a lifetime appointment. She has had one decision. It was overturned. Now, one other thing aside from this. In New York, it was on the news earlier today, the redistricting, the gerrymandering, was ruled by a judge as unconstitutional, but he's not going to throw the maps out because there's not enough time before the primaries. That is horse feathers because if it's unconstitutional, it needs to go, and if the judge cannot help hold his oath to support the Constitution, he needs to go to. My, my, my. You ought to be in the talk radio business, my friend. You're better than a caller. You have the ability to be a host. Thank you, Elliot. Appreciate your call. Pamela, Central New Jersey, WABC Talk Radio 77. You're on with James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly. One-third of the Republican Party pulls all the weight. One-third sits in their little comfortable box and can't get out of it. And one-third are a bunch of rhinos. The one-third that pulls the weight has to pull away with Trump and make a new party. And they got to do it fast because there's a lot of paperwork and procedure involved. And unless they pick a new leader in that Senate and do that, they're not going to get votes. They're not going to win. they got to do it because it's, it'll be, like you said, useless. Because there's only one-third and probably less functioning in that so-called party. Well, let me tell you something. You mentioned the Senate. There is something really interesting going on in the Senate, and we shall see. Now, Princess Di told me that I'm wrong, that Rick Scott is one of uh, Mitch McConnell's, but Mitch McConnell has come out swinging against Rick Scott for trying to set the agenda for the Republican Party. I can't wait to see what she has to say about this the next time we discuss it, because I think that there's a battle brewing now for the heart and soul of the Republican Senate. And that would be um, Rick Scott, Senator Rick Scott, trying to take over as the leadership, uh, sensing that perhaps that Mitch McConnell, the turtles' days are numbered, but you cannot count out Mitch McConnell. He is smooth, he is savvy, and he knows how to operate that Senate. Let us go to Isabel in Manhattan. Isabel, welcome, WABC. Thanks. Hi, James. You have a great program. Thank you. And what I want to ask you is, do you think that the Chinese um, leader told Biden to pull out and leave all the equipment behind? In Afghanistan? Yes, from Afghanistan. No, I don't think that uh, Chairman Xi told Joe Biden to do that. I think that came from Joe Biden's ill-managed plan, which the more we have learned about that plan in the aftermath, the more Joe Biden is just is just just proven to be incompetent. Now, you did mention the Afghanistan situation. So here's another one. At the State of the Union, Lauren Boebert actually uh, heckled him about the 13 dead in Afghanistan, and she has been under fire for that almost like you lie. Now, this is the interesting thing to me. I, I Look, I, 
I'm torn because I like the decorum that we have. But I also watch British TV, right? And if you have ever watched the British Parliament in section the House of Commons where the Prime Minister has to go address them, he has to stand up and to his face he gets heckled by the opposing party. And he has to demonstrate how quick-witted he or she is by giving answers on the spot while they're being heckled. Now, if these leaders can do that, why are American leaders giving us the union address so revered that no one can actually chirp up and heckle them? And if and what was Nancy Pelosi if she wasn't heckling Donald Trump behind his last state of the union? What was she doing? Making faces the whole time for the camera to see and then tearing up the speech that was heckling. And yet. The same left out this out today whining about Representative Lauren Boebert didn't say a word when it was their beautiful Nancy Pelosi doing the heckling. So, again, to answer your question, Isabel, no, Chairman G didn't have to tell Biden to be incompetent. Joe Biden is incompetent all on his own. Gary Lafayette, I'm sorry, Lavalette, New Jersey. How are you, Gary? First, I want to echo what Tom said to you before in those kudos, because you are the man. Uh, and you certainly carry Russia's Rush, torch better than anybody in the country right now. So it's, uh, it's always a thrill to listen to you. I have a question for you. I, I think this guy Trudeau got a, like a real benefit from Putin going in, because all of a sudden where he was on the TV every single night with the abuses of freezing bank accounts and everything, He's totally off it now, and yet we're doing the same thing to a dictator, freezing the bank accounts of of the uh, oligarchs, and yet we're not making any parallel to the fact that he's a dictator too, and he's no different than Putin. Putin. And I think that alignment should be made every time they mention Putin's name. Well, Gary, you raise an interesting point when it comes to the economics of it. Uh, Trudeau, for the fact that he is a dictator now toward his own people, is not invading a foreign country. And let us not make light of what what the communist thug Vladimir Putin is doing, killing innocent men, women, babies, civilians, in some cases targeting civilians. There should be a war crimes tribunal set up after this war is over to look at the behavior of of Vladimir Putin and his armed forces in the Ukraine. Now, Trudeau, this will not be forgotten. What he did will not be forgotten by many of the Canadian people. But don't mistake the fact that there were a lot of Canadians who were behind Trudeau and who viewed these freedom-loving patriots up there as being terrorist and reckless. They, Look, there are a lot of socialists, a lot of hardcore lefties up in Canada. So we will just have to see what the future holds for baby Trudeau. Blackface baby Trudeau. James Golden, we are Pennsylvania. We are Connecticut. We are New Jersey. We are New York City. We are New York City strong. We are the greatest city in the world despite our challenges. This is the United States of America, a nation like no other. We'll be back tomorrow. Remember, John Katz up next, Katz at night. Keep it right here. In the meantime, may God bless you and protect you and your families. 
and look upon with special favor the people that are suffering in Ukraine. We'll see you tomorrow.